Welcome back. It's episode 27 of Stop It That's Weird, I think. I'm pretty sure. I checked it earlier, and now I'm second-guessing everything. I'm pretty sure that the last one was 26, so that would mean this is 27. Correct. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for being here. Uh, updates. We hit 20,000. We hit 20,000 weirdos on TikTok. I can't we're almost at 21,000 which is so insane thank you guys so so much I appreciate it if you've been interacting with the content in any way watching it commenting on it sharing the podcast liking the videos rating it five stars you're you guys are the glue that holds this operation together I hope you know that <laughs> truly literally if it weren't for you I'd just be you know sitting in a room talking to myself and I might be doing that anyway you know what I mean <sighs> but I appreciate that I'm not <laughs> people are actually showing up and listening every week and that's awesome and that's cool that's amazing so that's really it as far as like updates go I do I, I want to set a goal for 2024 um, and then I also want to talk about the, the next special. I picked a weird number for the last one to be at, which was 15k. Um, so I don't know if we should do one at 25k or what. Uh, it just kind of popped into my head. It's possible. Maybe we could do, like, once we get to certain follower counts that, like, unlocks certain things or something like that. Tell me what you guys think about that. Um, if you didn't know, you can leave me feedback on every one of these episodes. Like, there's a, th there's a thing <laughs> that you could do that. It's called, like, what did you, it, well, it's like, I could ask you any question that I want on there, but the, like, general thing is, like, what did you think about this episode? That's on, this is on Spotify. Um, I don't think you can do that on Apple, but if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can interact directly, uh, with me on Spotify and leave me feedback about what you thought about it or like in this case if you're like oh I have a suggestion on like a tiered thing like once we get to 25k and 30 and 40 and 50 or whatever whatever you guys think um you can tell me stuff that you'd like to see um yeah goals for 2024 I um would like by the end of 2024, I would really like to figure out some kind of, like, video option for YouTube, um, for this. Uh, I was filming some clips and stuff and putting them on TikTok, but it's just with my phone, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but some people like to watch the whole episode, you know, and that, it's kind of difficult for me to do that and, like, edit it if it needs to be edited, and stuff just from like the file on my phone and I don't currently have the equipment necessary to like make it look good uh, so I don't know uh I, I feel like I don't love the idea of me just like putting something up on YouTube that I don't feel great about the quality of you know so uh I don't know where I was going. Oh, oh, because I want to, so I do, I have, there is a YouTube channel. <laughs> and I'm waiting for them to figure out the RSS feature, which will then make the audio 
versions automatically go onto YouTube. So if YouTube is like a better platform for you or that if that's where you listen to podcasts anyway, you can go listen there um, as well as like Spotify and Apple yeah so there will there will be that option the channel the youtube channel exists and then what i would like to do is create some other fun stuff for y'all on youtube and um potentially patreon at some point as well um i also have secured that i don't know who would could or would possibly be taking the name stop it that's weird but i was like i'm gonna get ahead of this (laughs) Um, just in case we decide as a community that we want to do some, like, extra fun little projects or some, like, additional episodes, um, yeah, if you guys are into that kind of thing, definitely let me know and I can make that kind of thing happen, but, um, as far as the YouTube channel goes, I was, I was just thinking about, like, some more live action type stuff, um, separate from just, like, a video version of these episodes um like one thing that I said a long time ago that like most people unless you're like absolutely OG from the very beginning you won't remember me saying this but I have a fear of birds and something that I said it like a long time ago it feels like a, a- ancient times at this point um I said what I would like to do, and I do still want to do this. Um, <laughs> if if we hit some kind of number that we decide on together as a group, okay, I would like to film a whole episode of me trying to do the podcast at a bird sanctuary. <laughs> Why? Because it, I know that people would think it was really funny. And after the fact, I would also think it was really funny to laugh at myself, but it won't be funny while it's happening to me because I'm afraid of birds, particularly large birds, scare me a lot. They're literal raptors and it horrifies me. (laughs) This is something that my friends, my best friends, the people who are supposed to be my friends, have been torturing me about for years sending me bird videos of owls and things emus ostriches are those the same thing no i don't think so anyway stuff like that hey get it out of your head that it's gonna a hundred percent be torturous for me okay i'm just talking about fun stuff i'd like to go like i posted something on the instagram the Instagrams, <laughs> where I I went axe throwing with Chelsea, and um, I we just took videos of each other. Both of us got a bullseye, right in the center, dead center, natural talent. You can't you can't teach that. <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> it was like a very short, like seven second clip of me getting a bullseye. And people were into that. So, like, stuff like that where I, like, go and try something is really... I'd like to do that as a goal for 2024 in some capacity, you know? Get, like, a, an actual good quality camera. I'm, I have... Have you guys seen... <laughs> That's gotta sound wild! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
I know what that sounds like. And listen, listen, <laughs> it, it is a fidget toy. If you've watched it on my TikTok, I did my first and only ever <laughs> fidget toy review. It's called um, the Nido Heartstrings. They're just like silicone. They're getting kind of sticky, actually, at this point. Um, I don't know if I need to, like, watch, wash them off or something. But they're just, like, silicone stringy things. And I have them, like, tied in a knot. And I kind of wanted to do an updated review of these because I actually really like them. They need to be tied in a knot. Um, <laughs> they need to be tied in a knot. Uh, and, like, pulling them is really satisfying. It's definitely not, like, portable, but as I've been, like, working or, like, recording or something at home, it, they're really fun to, like, um, just bounce, bounce around. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, so they're literal string, silicone-like strings, um, tied in a knot, and it's fun to just kind of shake them around, but... In audio version, it doesn't, that doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? So if you're wondering, that's, it's a fidget. Now, <laughs> so for the end of 20, yes, for some time in 2024, that's kind of the direction that I would like to go. Um, if you guys are interested in that kind of thing, um, I think we should do it. I think it would be really, really fun uh yep <laughs> well I was gonna say something else about so the next special I don't know let's talk we let's talk about it in the next few episodes or something like that I can like kind of figure out maybe like I don't know it's at 25k here's the thing to be honest with y'all with uh, with your weirdos when I have asked for like feedback as far as, like, uh, special episodes and stuff like that, I've gotten a couple responses, but not a ton. I don't know if y'all are really that interested in, like, a special audio episode. <laughs> really couldn't think about the word episode. Couldn't think of the word episode for a second. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of interest around just, like, you know, at 25k doing, like, another special extravaganza spectacular or whatever so I'm trying to think of other ways that we can like celebrate these milestones together and also like give you some cool interesting different kind of content because yeah I don't know if just hearing me like yap about some other shit is like that cool so that's what I'm trying to work out is like maybe 25 or maybe we just wait until 30, 40, 50, you know what I mean? Figure out some interesting stuff that you guys would actually be, uh, yeah, uh, would be, uh, a special kind of thing for me to either, like, film a video of me doing, I am, I'm open to doing lives as well, but, like, the last couple times that I did them, especially on TikTok, maybe if I did it, if I went live somewhere else, like YouTube or something like that, it would be more fun for us. But, like, TikTok lives are a... Whew, it's the wild, wild west over there. You know, it's difficult. But, like, a live stream of some kind or... 
some kind of challenge I would be interested in. I'll do some brainstorming on my end, but th- like that's the kind of content that I would like to, that's my goal to um, incorporate this year into what we're doing. So just know, I've got plans. I've got stuff in store for us. I've got pages secured. We're ready to go, baby. I did, you know, <laughs> just, and if you, if you're not listening on Spotify, you can, you can feel free to comment on, um, Instagram, uh, stop it. That's weird on Instagram or a story of Trish on TikTok and just let me know stuff that you're, that you want to see any, uh, yeah, put, put it on over there. I was also going to say, I know this is like turning kind of promotionally, maybe, I don't know. This is part of the updates thing or whatever, but so we've got TikTok, we got the Instagram, we got, uh, YouTube secured, Patreon secured. I also stream games on Twitch if you guys didn't know that. Um, if you're gamers, if you're into gaming, I stream usually every Sunday over there, so feel free to just, to, uh, it's the same name that I have on TikToks, at Story of Trish on Twitch. Uh, yeah, every, every Sunday usually. I, sometimes I'll throw in an extra stream here or there where I feel like I'm able to. Um, I'm gonna stream either today or tomorrow. Tomorrow being the day that this episode goes up playing Undertale because I've never played it before I know that it's like a cult classic uh I know lots of people are into it I think uh, it's I think it's known I feel like I've heard chatter that it's known for having a really awesome story and that's my bread and butter so uh I literally know nothing about it except that people love it immensely and so I'm gonna play it for the first time it truly will be my first time ever seeing or hearing or doing anything related to the game whatsoever so that'd be fun so that's so what I'm trying to say is <laughs> prepare to be sick of me you know what I mean <laughs> which I've said before on this show prepare to be absolutely sick of me everywhere on your feed you know <laughs> uh yeah I'm really really excited honestly for what this year will bring which brings us to our goal for this year okay now, if we shoot high for TikTok, <clears throat> following on TikTok, uh, okay, so here, here, let me back up a little bit. Where we're at right now is we're gaining around, no, we're gaining over 150 followers every single day on TikTok. Usually it's more than 150. Some days we have slow days, slower days, and it's like 100 or whatever. Slow days. <sighs> what a privilege, you know? Um, sometimes we have we have days where a, a few less people are following us over there. Um, but anyway, I'd say uh, I, I uh, conservatively <laughs> uh, 150 followers every single day. Okay. That's where, that's where we've been. Average. Most of the time. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is if we use that, I'm not good at math, you know that, but um, I've kind of figured out if we like stay at around that pace uh, through 2024, then we would land on about 75,000 followers by the end of this year. 
that's if we stay on kind of uh, this, th- that sort of pace, the 150 follower per day kind of pace, which is, you know, that's still like, I don't know, people could lose interest at any time. You know, that is still me assuming quite a lot. But I'm just saying, y'all have been showing up on the TikTok like crazy. Um, and it's usually been more than that. So, if we feel real ballsy, <laughs> we really want to go hard. Uh, I think I told Matt the other day, we may... I'm going to say 75 is our goal. 75,000 people on TikTok, which is absolutely insane bananas. Crazy. <laughs> 75,000 by the end of the year. However, I can never predict what y'all are going to do. And you just blow me away. Truly all the time. So we may up that to 100,000 in 2024. <sighs> I really can't. That would be so crazy. I'm trying to put a couple, be better about putting some, some of these goals out there, sharing them with y'all, because I have the tendency to just want to keep all that stuff to myself because because of the fear that it might not come true, you know, or that I'm like, I don't know, getting ahead of myself, overestimating myself and my abilities and all of that, but screw that. You know what I mean? Screw that. I don't want... Why, why not aim high? Why not aim big? And then we'll deal. That's a future Trisha problem. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, that is a future Trisha problem, not a me problem right now, you know? Why limit ourselves before we even know what we're capable of, really? You know what I'm saying? And, well, I know what you guys are capable of. I know it. I've seen it. I've seen it in the last four months, you know? It's been incredible. Hold on. Sip of tea. That's a nice mint tea. Mmm. Delicious. So anyway, um, we're saying 75,000. A cool 75k by the end of this year. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you guys so much for listening. The more that you listen and you engage and stuff, the more that it gets out there. But if you haven't already shared the show with a friend or rated it five stars or, you know, I highly encourage you to do so if you're enjoying the content. Um, appreciate you. Love you guys so much. I'm t- it's so cool. So cool that I still get to do this. Um, okay, okay, okay. Was that all of my updates? 20K next special set yeah that was it sensory nightmare of the week i've been having huge temperature issues this week we so where i live we hit like a snowstorm which i've heard is going all around the country really um uh it's still currently going on it was snowing the last time i took miri out and she's not happy about it she's bored out of her little doggy mind because we can't go outside it's too fucking cold for her um if i haven't said before she's a boston terrier so she doesn't have like a coat like a fur you know she doesn't have thick fur that shields her from anything in the summer she's too hot in the winter she's too cold so we can't go out on walks really 
Yeah, I was gonna say years ago I saw you. Have you seen those um, TikToks and stuff of people like putting their dogs on treadmills to just like help get them some exercise if they can't go outside or something? Imagine, <laughs> Miri hated it. Um, I a lot. This was years ago when she was a lot younger, which I think she's turning like eight this year, which is crazy. But years ago when she was like. She still has so much energy, but when she was younger, you can only imagine. Boston Terriers are are pretty wild. Um, They're either at a thousand percent or they're dead asleep. No in between. Which she's dead asleep right now. (laughs) So I tried to see if I could just like on a very low safe setting, like see if she would walk on a treadmill um, because she just does not like winter time, and so I was, like, trying to see how we could get her to exercise in a healthy, kind of safe way, and she despises the treadmill. She doesn't want to be on it whatsoever. Um, anyway, so I'm trying to, like, get her new interesting little treats and things. Um, uh, what did I get her the other day? I can't, oh, like a, um, like a bone thing that had peanut butter in it. <laughs> That's not very interesting. But she loves that kind of stuff. So she was really excited about that for the first like day. And then she was over it. <sighs> She's hard to please. She's a hard lady to please. Ble- ble- <laughs> wow. Um, what was I saying? Huge temperature issues while I've been sleeping. So it could be, oh, okay, it's a snowstorm. <laughs> There's a snowstorm outside. And so, um, I, I, I think I said on TikTok, doesn't matter. Why do I always do that? It doesn't matter where I said it before. It doesn't matter. Hey, Trisha, no one cares. That literally doesn't matter where you said it before. Shush. Um, I struggle to like regulate my body temperature which I think is a pretty common thing in neurodivergent people. I, it's, I, I don't know if it's part of the thing where um, I don't know I'm thirsty until I'm, I'm totally dehydrated, like SpongeBob level. Um, and I don't, I can't, like, until I'm about to piss my pants, I usually don't know that I have to pee. Same with my body. Like, suddenly I'm like, oh my god, I'm sweating so much and I'm, like, already overheated. That's when I start doing something about it. So, um, and sleep, I have, I already have a hard enough time sleeping every night. So I'm trying to, like, they say, like, part of good sleep hygiene is that you, uh, regulate your body temperature you set a good cool on the cool side body temperature of your house (laughs) so that so that you don't overheat when you sleep because that's when you get uh nightmares and stuff like that I don't know if y'all knew that but I learned that and that blew my mind that a big reason that we have nightmares is because we're too hot it's our it's our body's internal mechanisms trying to wake ourselves up and say hey you're boiling alive crazy huh yeah so um I've been so here so I have a system because I like to have like weight on me while I sleep so I use a comforter I have a sheet I have a comforter and I have a duvet 
that are on, that are on me because I like how much weight that has. I used to have a weighted blanket, but that I don't know if there are versions of those that are like more breathable because I do like a weighted blanket, but they're like it's incredibly hot. They're like filled with sand sometimes. Um so that sometimes that's too much. So anyway, my solution has just been like turning down the heat in my house at night to like 69. <laughs> and then I crack a window um a little bit just a tiny tiny little bit to let some cool air in and that usually has been working but lately I don't know why it just isn't and then sometimes you also because I'm under all those layers I'll have to wear you know shorts and like a tank top or something it's a very delicate balance. It's like, in order to sacrifice having the all these blankets and layers on me, I must actually wear, you know, I can't wear sweatpants in bed and a long sleeve. Can't do that, you know? So less clothing, more blankets, less temperature in the house, crack a window. Sometimes that formula works, but it hasn't been working great lately I woke up last night and I was like covered in sweat and so I had to like crack the window a little bit more but it's there's a fucking snowstorm outside and so I'm like I don't want to crack it too much because then my heat will kick on and it'll just be running my which I think is what happened last night while I was sleeping unintentionally I think the heat was just blasting because I was letting all this cold air in uh so that wasn't super smart on my part. So so I think that's what happened is like the cool air was coming in, but then it was getting d- detected by my, what is that called? <laughs> my thermometer? <laughs> Whatever that's called. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thermostat. That's the one. It was, it was, it was getting picked up by that. And so it was just blasting hot air all night. You know, it was canceling itself out. It felt hot in my room. So I was sweaty and that was really uncomfortable. So I don't really know what to do about that. I'm probably going to have to just deal with having a little bit less layers or something for right now. So that's, that was, yep, that was the sensory nightmare of the week, I believe. Hyperfixation of the week. Um preemptively I'm saying Dimension 20 because if you're a D20 fan like me you know Hoot Growl Hoot Growl junior year just came out um literally like a couple days ago and I haven't watched it yet um but I'm gonna uh I I may do that today maybe tonight after if I stream I'll do that after I stream I don't know um so fucking excited for that um I know I'm gonna be hyper fixated on that for sure because I'm obsessed with Dimension 20 period but this is like the series if you don't know Dimension 20 is a D&D show I'm certain that I've talked about it on here before but it's like a live play uh show (laughs) you know it's not like a podcast it's a show um yeah that Brennan Lee Mulligan and his cast of characters do where they play uh like high school age 
um, kids that are in uh, like fantasy. High, it's called fantasy high. So, <laughs> wow, I'm really on today, you guys. I'm really, really quick with it. Um, it's a, it's so good. I mean, I like anything that Dimension Twenty puts out. Period. But this is like the flagship series, um, and we've been waiting a long, long time for this third season. Um, so if you, if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, it's hilarious, absolutely hysterical, like the cream of the crop as far as improv skills and D&D stuff goes. Um, definitely you don't need to know about, um, Dimension 20 doesn't need me to promote it because it speaks for itself, but I'm just saying, if you uh are kind of if you're into comedy whatsoever you'll probably like it like you don't need to like um D D or anything like that so 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 good uh so i'm going to watch that and could be be obsessed with it other stuff that i've been listening to and engaging with this week was um kind of on the tail end of like the alternative music and stuff that I was listening to last week I've been really into like I don't really know what to call that genre um just like badass girl bands um like Beaches or Wet Leg that are just kind of uh yeah just like it feels kind of just like rock you know don't know what else to call it. Maybe alternative rock a little bit, but I, I was when I was saying alternative, it was more like emo kind of stuff last week, and this is more like a little bit on the poppier side, but particularly girl bands. That's been awesome. And then I kind of went from that to, if I haven't said this before, I'm a really big fan of disco. <laughs> I really like disco music a lot. So I've been listening to a lot of Donna Summer and Earth, Wind, and Fire and stuff this week. Um, yeah, a lot of music, a lot of jumping around and dancing per usual, which I'm going to talk about in the next point. Stim of the week. Um, I've been really getting in touch and like learning, putting some equations together as far as my sensory seeking tendencies. Um... I put up a video on TikTok not that long ago where I was like, I think that I'm ADHD and autistic. I don't know if I've said that on here before, but I do think that. Um, Before I found out that I was autistic, I related to a lot of ADHD symptoms and tendencies and stuff. because, And I thought that about myself at first because... I've always been hyperactive, super sensory seeking, like, yeah, like, um, I mean, I, it was just, it was just due to me being uninformed about what autism is, really, because I think I saw ADHD as being, like, super hyperactive, and autism is, like, maybe being the inverse of that, which is not true, um, like, with a lot of overstimulation and stuff, which does happen to me, particularly with, like, overlapping talking, which we've talked about before, um, loud sounds, a lot of textures, um, and feelings, like, stuff that really throws me off and, like, gives me a visceral 
bodily response is like if I accidentally turn my tap on too hot and like like almost scald my hand under hot water that gives me instant rage (laughs) like if I feel something physically on my like hands or feet or somewhere else on my body that I wasn't prepared for that I wasn't expecting I feel like that overstimulates me so fast extremely fast it's very bothersome to me to suddenly or, or when I'm eating food have a texture or temperature or something that I wasn't expecting I really don't like that and have like a visceral response to that um but as far as like a lot of sensory stuff goes I'm like I said I'm very sensory seeking I like things to be like my music I I, I think I'm legitimately gonna have hearing problems the older that I get because I seek out extreme uh yeah I want it to be loud is what I'm trying to say like when I put on my headphones and put on music I know if someone was sitting next to me in a coffee shop they could hear my music clear as day because I literally will put it on the max volume or like one or two down from the max volume and that's so bad for your ears don't do that but I I I prefer like that feels good as like a sensory experience for me like I'm very hyper active and like kinetic as far as dancing uh I'm hyper verbal external processor what else did I put on my list um I talked a little bit about um I stopped drinking for a number of years because I thought that I had a drinking problem and maybe I did have a drinking problem at the time when I was in my early 20s it was like around the time that all the stuff from the trauma dump episode like I couldn't uh manage those feelings anymore and all of the all that unprocessed trauma and so yeah also not knowing that I was autistic or anything or neurodivergent of any kind um yeah, I was just seeking some sort of sensory experience to dampen what was going on with me. And so I did lean heavily into drinking and was just making irresponsible choices and stuff at that time, putting myself in uh, uh, um, questionable circumstances. I won't say unsafe totally, but like not, I wasn't making great choices. So um, I stopped drinking for a number of years um, until, uh, I couldn't tell you the year, maybe 2021, uh, yeah, around the time that I left my ex-husband, somewhere around then, could have been 2020, but maybe 2021, I definitely remember drinking in in early 2021, Um, because I was like, I think I can trust myself, um, with this sensory experience, but I just have a history of, like, um, it's like, I don't know how to explain this properly, because, because I am not a scientist or a psychologist or anything, but something, something about drinking sometimes feels the same, gives me the same sensory experience as that like blasting music in my ears kind of thing it's very easy for me to like chase that because it makes me feel good 
um, it kind of dampens all other sensory stuff that's going on for me. I've, uh, I'm definitely not the first person to say that. There's been a lot of people I've talked about that on TikTok and stuff. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's such, it's just such a good social lubricant. Um, makes me worry less about what I'm saying and, um, just feel awkward and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, it was a good decision, I think, at the time. And then once I had been in therapy and worked through all that stuff, uh, for a number of years, then I was like, okay, I recognize the type of ways that I was using alcohol in the past, um, to dance, to, cover up stuff that I wasn't, that I was having a really hard time with and just not processing and stuff like that. Like, I was using it truly as a medication. And now that I'm not doing that, and also I recognize how ways that I've used alcohol in, like, a unhealthy way in the past. Um, I mean, I've been drinking, again, since at least 2021, and I feel fine about it, you know? I think it, it goes along with this like very much not trusting myself thing that I felt really scared at the beginning to I kind of was doing it out of an act of rebellion as well to be honest with you because my ex didn't drink at all had never drank in his entire life uh and so I felt like I needed to do that too um and it wasn't because of like yeah, he had never drank. It was his own personal choice. I don't totally understand that. He judged people for drinking a lot and uh, never wanted to engage with that. And that's fine. And that's cool and that's good for him. But I think I felt kind of judged and was like, I don't want him to think less of me if I choose to drink. And on top of that, I know that I have used, um, alcohol as, like, a medication before, so I just, I'll, let's just not, because I can't deal with the embarrassment of, of being judged or, you know, embarrassing him or something like that, but then towards the end, I was like, well, <laughs> you can <laughs> fuck right off, and I was like, I'm going to drink, and got messy, kind of intentionally, a couple of times, drunk, you know, as an act of rebellion. But anyway, and it, it was fine. Um, <laughs> uh, but I talked about it a lot with my therapist and was like, do I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm overthinking all of this, but I just like never have trusted myself to make good decisions about myself and my own habits. So should I drink? Is it safe for me to drink? Or she was like, Trisha, I think you're fine because I make I also make she already knows a history of me like making up rules for myself like a good example of that would be like if I drank more than in this is just a, an unwritten rule that lives somewhere in my brain or something that I never would have uttered out loud and this is just an example that I've made up on the spot but it's like oh I drank more than once during a week period that means I'm an alcoholic you know that kind of thing which no one has said that you know um, so, f yeah, fast forward to today, and, like, I drink when I feel like it, I drink with my friends, 
usually on D&D nights or hangouts or whatever, have a drink or two or three or whatever. Um, but I think the hallmark of a drinking problem is like consistently drinking a lot and wanting to drink more and more, you know, which is which has never been a problem. Most of the time I don't want to drink. You know what I mean? Um, but this is all, this, all of this talk right now is, like, stuff that's gone on in my head where I've had to, like, rationalize with myself whether or not I'm an alcoholic. Because <laughs> I really kind of convinced myself that I was for a number of years. I think I did have, like, a problem with drinking too much. It wasn't great what was going on by any means. Um... But also, it's not, it wasn't a unique experience. A lot of people in their early uh, 20s drink too fucking much, you know? So anyway, it's, 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 I've come a long way as far as, like, trusting myself to know, um, signs and symptoms if I'm using something in an unhealthy way. I think I know myself good enough and have a good enough relationship with my brain and my body and mind that I would probably say something to my friends and that de- would definitely say something to my friends and therapist and stuff and be like yeah this I feel like it's now not like I'm, I'm, I'm no longer in control of it or sort anything like that and I say all that be- because that has been like a huge indicator in my life that I've um I've been sensory seeking so anyway, all of this is coming from, uh, we started where we were talking about the video that I posted on TikTok where I was like, I think that I'm ADHD as well as autistic. And it was because of this idea of like understimulation and being sensory seeking, which I now have researched more and understand more as far as like that totally, that symptom is totally common in ADHD and autistic people. But I think I mean, it's very clear to see that, like, I have fallen into some of these stereotypical, stereotype kind of traps as well, which can, can make people think that, like, only ADHD can present with symptoms. As far as, like, if we're looking at the neurodivergent umbrella of all of the conditions therein, insofar... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that the mistake of thinking that ADHD is the only one that presents as, like, hyperactive, sensory-seeking, uh, understimulated a lot of the time kind of thing, which isn't true. Which is not true. I think a couple of things are going on there as far as, like, I don't know if I see a ton of representation of autism. Like, the way that autism is talked about, in it, it just is ju- this is just my personal opinion, or maybe the way that I have viewed it or, or perceived it. The way that autism is talked about a lot of the time feels like it's talked about uh, in, like, that super hypersensitive kind of way. That it's like autistic people are super sensitive to a lot of uh, stimu- stimulation types, different forms of stimulation, which is true. That, that is common in autistic people, but I just don't see, like, the, the inverse of that talked about a ton. And maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. 
that's a hundred percent my job to keep myself informed about um the ways that it rep that it presents that autism um shows up the way that symptoms present themselves in all sorts of yeah every autistic person is different and i know that but i think this also speaks to the idea of uh like how widely accepted and understood as a condition uh adhd is versus autism and i've certainly talked about this before on tiktok which is like and this is just my idea. I don't think it's that far-fetched of an idea or uh, of a theory. But ADHD, there is a clear path for medication for ADHD, right? Um, but I have heard this before. I don't totally know if this is 100% accurate statistics. So I'm just throwing that out there because I think I heard this from another autistic creator. But it's possible that something like 70% of autistic people could also have co-occurring or comorbid conditions with ADHD in particular. Um, don't quote me on that. That might not be correct. But um, that f from the research that I have done, a lot of, there's so many overlapping symptoms with ADHD folks and autistic folks. The way that I understand it, and I've, I've been wrong and I'll be wrong again in the future, but so many like sensory things, uh, the need for stimming and um, this overstimulation versus understimulation thing, texture issues, like there's a lot of overlapping um, symptoms with ADHD and autism. The way that I see it, autism, and ADHD are like best friends. However, when you, when I'm you know, just gonna posit that when you think about ADHD, you may see that under a certain light or certain level of acceptance by the common public, you know, versus autism. I don't think that's crazy for me to say that autism is less accept less widely accepted um, as a condition, even though it is quite similar to ADHD in so many ways. But I feel like, um, yeah, uh, this is total yeah anecdotal on 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 my side of things. But I feel like if I were to go up to anybody almost anybody and ask them to explain what ADHD is they'd be like okay hyperactive hard time focusing needs to fidget needs to move around a lot to maybe hyperverbal talk like I feel like people understand that as a concept like because it's been widespread and lots and lots of kids since I was a kid have been medicated for it and stuff but uh a lot of those symptoms, if not all of those symptoms, are also present in autism. But people, you know, are a lot, are very afraid of the word autism. So anyway, um, where was I going with this whole thing? It ju it's just, I think, to be clear, I do want to say that autism, there's a lot of ways that autism doesn't overlap with ADHD. And there are a lot of specific ways that autism is disabling um, in ways that ADHD is not. But 
you know, it, uh, because they're both under that neurodivergent umbrella, there's a lot of similar, and I think people have also not seen AD, or maybe it's because of, like, some new additions to the DSM, or I don't know, the, the diagnostic criteria that, um, label ADHD as a disability as well. I don't think people see ADHD as a disability, but they see autism as a disability. You know, again, that's generalization, and I don't, that's not a fact, that's just what I, how I feel, the temperature that I have personally felt in my own anecdotal experience. But I, I I think some people would agree with me on that. Um, So anyway, I just, uh, I think this whole thing started, um, if I go back to my notes, it's because I was talking about STEM of the week, um, and it just made me think a lot about my own tendencies, how that relates to autism. I think, here's the thing that I think, like, speaking about my own diagnoses, I think it's possible that I could go in and get diagnosed for several things. I think I could go in and get, in addition to autism, a diagnosis for ADHD. I think I could get a diagnosis for OCD. Um, and maybe some other stuff on top of that that I haven't even considered. Panic disorder or something like that. Because I have high anxiety. Um, I don't, I don't know if that would help me. I don't totally know if that would help me doing that. I think it is helpful for a lot of people to do that because they can go in and get, like, medication that is essential and, um, yeah, life-saving in some circumstances. Um, yeah, I think that's super, super, super helpful for other people. I have a huge phobia of medication and stuff like that. So at this juncture, as far as like the way that I now know my autism presents itself, a lot of this stuff kind of like a lot of the symptoms that I have, if not all of them exclusively fall under like any of those symptoms that I just said, like OCD tendencies, panic type stuff, um, all of those fall in the hyperactivity, uh, sensory seeking stuff, all of that does fall under the autism umbrella. And that's comforting. That helps me to be able to like, uh, I, I have all of the tools and resources, I think, with, with knowing my autism like that. To be able to do what I can right now at the place that I'm at. Until I'm ready to actually do something as far as medication goes or like other types of therapies or I don't know. If I if I, if I I get to that point, then we can cross that bridge when we get there. But um, all of those uh, symptoms, like it feels a bit overwhelming for me to like think about going and getting an actual diagnosis for all those different things. But I think... ADHD and autism, like, autism for sure covers all of my symptoms, you know? Like, I'm still so much in the beginning of understanding all of that. Like, maybe on stage two, I would say, I think I said that in another video where I was like, I feel like I'm on stage two where I, like, understand my autism and the way that it presents, and I'm working on figuring out, like, putting fail-safes in place and um, yeah, figuring out, like, structure to my lifestyle that, that, um, centers my autism and stuff like that, 
but like I said, the way that I kind of see it is, is like autism and ADHD, even though I know that they are different for, for the way that it presents in me, because I'm so sensory seeking and I've always seen myself as like hyperactive and all that stuff. I have other autistic symptoms with like the OCD tendencies, tendencies that I have or like with um, brain, you know, like looping thoughts that I get into and stuff like that. And I do have like sensory issues and stuff like that. Black and white thinking is a big problem for me and like demand avoidance, like stuff that specifically cannot be explained by ADHD. Yet most of my symptoms, almost all of my symptoms are connected to this idea of like being sensory seeking and hyperactive you know like there are some things that feel exclusive to autism for me but like so many things that I talk about on this show all the time like are so super focused on hyperactivity needing to be hyper mobile kinetic moving around a lot you know what I mean impulsive all that kind of stuff um so I think for a while I like didn't know how to explain all of that stuff. I was like, I know that I have specific symptoms that say that I that are only linked to autism, but I'm not seeing a ton of representation out there or people talking about like being super focused in this way of sensory seeking and like, you know what I mean? Like the way that I need to like blast music and always be moving and always be talking and dancing around. And I'm so focused on like auditory um, input and stuff like that. I was like, I, I, you know, does this totally explain everything? I don't know. And I think I used that sometimes as a tool to like doubt myself and like almost talk myself out of my autism because I'm like I feel like I don't see this in a, in that many autistic people or I ha- I don't know you know maybe I haven't dug enough like I said or maybe I haven't looked enough in the right places to like find other people that are having similar experiences to me so I was like then you know I was like oh I know several people personally I've had romantic partners that were formally diagnosed as ADHD and I know the symptoms of that and some of that you know uh relates with this hyperactivity thing you know that seems to align like you know that's like the number one thing they would they would say if I went to a doctor and I was like I'm hyperactive (laughs) they'd be like ADHD dude that's like the first thing that they would think you know what I'm saying Um, so that is a possibility for me that I could be ADHD in addition to autistic. I've seen a lot of comments on my videos, especially when I'm talking about stuff like that, like the sensory seeking type behavior that people would be like, oh yeah, I'm ADHD and I, this is me, I agree with this or whatever. I've seen quite a lot of that, but also I've seen autistic people saying that they concur, (laughs) you know? So I guess also part of it is like I wish that it was more like common knowledge how how frequently like the neurodivergent umbrella it makes perfect sense to me that like a lot of those um conditions contained within that umbrella would be overlapping very commonly overlapping but I don't I don't feel like that's totally 
common knowledge. And I also think that I have, like, I think that I have an issue with, and it's not me that's putting this on myself, but I, I, it's part of this, like, fear of being perceived in a certain way or, like, what am I trying to say? This feeling I'm experiencing right now is, like, it, it's an ableist form of thought is really what it is, is that I, I have, I think, a fear of being perceived as lying, making things up, or, like, trying to tack on a bunch of stuff to... I don't know, to my identity or something like that, which no one has said that to me whatsoever. You know, like, I truly, if it, if I'm looking outward at anybody else, I'm like, oh, whatever, um, whatever treatments are beneficial for you and whatever diagnoses are going to increase your quality of life, you know? Like, if you, if you end up, um, need, like, if it was anybody else in my exact situation that was like, oh, that's great that you have, you know, multiple diagnoses that explain your symptoms and you can get treatment and you get medication for all that kind of stuff. That's great. That's so awesome. So happy for you. But when it, when I'm looking at myself, I'm never kind to myself. So part of me uh, is like, oh, oh, Trisha, you're just making stuff up again or whatever. Or it can't just be one thing. It has to be multiple things. And I know that that's like this internalized ableism that, you know what I'm saying? Is like, I, 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 my knee-jerk reaction is to want it to be simple and explainable under a si simple one thing, but that's not how brains work. Brains are not simple. Humans are not simple and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But the whole, I don't know why I'm struggling with this idea so much. I feel like I've been talking about this concept and kind of circling some stuff for a while in this episode without being able to, like, land on exactly the feeling that I'm having or the conclusion that I'm trying to make. But it's, like, number one, I think the number one thing that I'm trying to get at with all of this is that I wish and I hope for the future that there is more representat autistic representation. Point blank period. I wish there was more autistic representation so that we could see what it looks like and how it presents in so many different people, you know? Because I think this has been the issue that I'm struggling with. I know that I'm autistic, but I'm like, I also have these other things that feel like maybe it's overlapping with ADHD or whatever, but am I making that up? Am I making a whole thing? Or maybe, or I don't know, maybe I, you know, it just has led me down a spiral of like questioning myself. It makes me question everything. I'm like, am I only ADHD? Have I only been ADHD this whole time and I thought it was autism, but then there's certain things that can't be explained by ADHD, you know what I mean? So, uh, I just wish that there was more representation out there so that we could compare more stories. And that's, you know, that's the whole reason that I'm part of this community and what I'm doing on TikTok and stuff like that, so that we can all see how, just how different. I really don't think that any of us have been able to truly put it in perspective yet or like fathom just how diverse this community is you know what I mean but I think I've also got some I'm, I'm getting some kind of comfort out of being able to say 
this is how my autism presents but also yeah yeah maybe it's possible that I'm ADHD maybe that's possible and that like it's just interesting it's just interesting and it's fascinating I think I started this whole thing because of stim of the week because I was talking about my sensory seeking tendency once I landed on that term that I was like I am a sensory seeking individual no matter what diagnoses come from that that's fine with me you know but like that is what I am that is what I have always been like every personality trait every quirk that I've ever had that's tied to whatever it is whether it's autism or ADHD or that and then some for some reason the like sensory seeking trait I was like that sums it up (laughs) that 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 apparently I had a lot more on my mind about this this week because I've eaten up a whole episode just rambling about this so I hope that that was entertaining or informative or I don't know that some of you can relate to that out here but I've been calling us all like feral autistics for for a long time because that's just that's how I have identified because I didn't have other language to like put to it and be like you know where are y'all at (laughs) that are like me you know what I mean so anyway um oh my gosh we're at an hour okay so that was stim of the week I hope that there were some thoughts in there (laughs) there was something there was definitely words um quirky silly little things that made me angry for no apparent reason I literally said I've been angry enough the last few weeks (laughs) I don't have much anger in me this week I swear I'm not actually so angry I'm not ever actually angry in real life I just come up with shit to bitch about for this segment (laughs) that's literally what I wrote in my notes and that is so true there's stuff that annoys me that I like rant about on here but I don't think I'm ever actually unless I specifically explicitly say this shit pissed me off like the fucking guy at Applebee's um other than that like I'm never I am almost never angry (laughs) What she anxious about now? Rejection sensitivity, struggling with thinking I should delete everything, thinking everyone hates me, doom spiral, and looping thoughts into thinking that I'm worthless. I've been having that. I've been having that lately. Um, and I kind of knew that this day would come because I talked about on my TikTok how I don't, I don't have any photos or like memorabilia from childhood. I don't, I don't have them. They don't exist. My childhood home, uh, was, you know, my mom eventually, after we all moved out of it, she was the last person that was staying in it. Eventually she had to move out, I think because, uh, she wasn't making payments on the house or something. So the house got, is the word repossessed for that? I don't know. What's the word? That starts with like an E or something. It's right there. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 no, I'm thinking of when people buy, buy it at a, it doesn't matter. The house was taken from us and all my childhood stuff was, um, lost. And so I kind of have, because of trauma, um, I have formed a habit throughout my life where I just kind of, 
I mean, I've hated myself, you know, I've talked about that for sure. But I just like, I, I, I've never, I've always been uncomfortable with letting past versions of me exist. Uh, because I felt like certain periods of my life were like stamped so clearly and hardly like so so with so much pressure on my life that that was wrong that period of my life was terrible and wrong and disgusting and I and I wanted to erase it I didn't I didn't want it to exist and so I carried that pattern through I have carried that pattern throughout all eras of my life and I have wiped time clean several times before because I'm always on this growth thing and somebody from the outside might look at that and be like, oh, that's a positive thing. That's good, Trisha, right? That you're constantly, like, pushing yourself to grow in some way every single day of your life. I guess, but it's, it's, it's because I do not believe that I am even close to an acceptable version of myself. I've never felt like I'm anywhere close to that. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know if there are people out there that think like that, that are like, oh, I'm solid with where I'm at right now. Like, I think as a concept, I know that I've done a lot of work and I'm like, I'm fine in a lot of these areas, but it's never going to stop me from trying to improve on myself every single day of my life. And that's so tied to trauma you know what I mean I, I can't I cannot rest I could not rest because I've always have, have felt like these awful previous versions of myself have existed and and to be observed in that way is deeply upsetting to me to to an extreme like really deeply upsetting so uncomfortable that I can't handle it makes my skin crawl kind of thing, you know? And now, like, looking back on, you know, a lot of that, I was, like, very young, and I was a teenager and young adult and stuff, and I was learning, you know? But, um, grace is never a concept that I have understood or felt deeply. So, um, yeah, the best thing, the best option when you feel like you're not an acceptable version of yourself is to just delete those old versions of you which I have done many times over so I'm better I'm better about this kind of thing now but I've never been in this type of position before like uh I've never allowed myself really well certainly not to be observed by a large number of people but also to just to the, the act of allowing old content, even from just a few months ago, to exist, you know, old content of me from even just a few months ago, if I get to a point, it's part of this black and white thinking and rules thing that I come up with in my mind. Like, I, I'm constantly passing new thresholds of growth where I feel like I, I'm on to the next little era and anything that I was doing prior to this era sometimes I think that I like 
it'll be dictated or it will be like the line will be drawn at like a new con I'll be like oh I, I finally understand this concept like let's say the sensory seeking thing that I was just fucking talking about for way too long on this episode anything pre me understanding the sensory seeking part of my autism cringe don't want it to exist anymore I don't want anyone to observe previous torture who didn't understand that concept fully that's just an example but it's that simple sometimes a lot of the time most of the time is me drawing that kind of no one else is drawing those lines in the sand for me except for me so if I I've, I've I've run into that now um I went through kind of a difficult thing where I was like oh I learned something new about me and and my autism and the autistic community and anything pre that discovery shouldn't exist. And I literally was like, I, I went through such a loop, such a terrible loop of thought where I just couldn't escape it thinking how uninformed I was and how, you know, it just spirals to like, no one likes me. No one likes my content. I should delete my entire TikTok. I don't even know why I'm trying. Just, just a terrible doom spiral kind of thing. And I know that that's like partly my autism because of the looping thinking and black and white thinking and that sort of thing. And strong sense of justice. But it's also super tied to um, trauma. And me never being just allowed to live as an imperfect human being. You know, I've always been so hyper-focused on perfection. And anything less than me presenting as perfection. Uh, you know, just <laughs> so deeply uncomfortable. You know, no one has explicitly, uh, that I can remember, explicitly told me that. But you know what I mean? It's like, I've never been allowed windows of time of, 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 to be observed learning. To be observed during a period of growth is a fate worse than death. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've heard other, a lot of other autistic people saying that on TikTok that it's like, uh... And this is in a more lighthearted fashion, but it's like, as it, as it pertains to skills, I want to pick up a skill and be good at it now. If I have to pick something up and learn it, and people have to see me, like, learning a new instrument, for example. I want to be as good as, like, Slash, you know what I'm saying? And if I'm not like that today, or maybe by tomorrow, I quit. <laughs> That sort of thing. So, so, I don't know what that means. That's just, I, that's what I've been anxious about. Is, I'm now in an exposure period where I am forcing old content of me to exist. I am, I am forcing myself to not delete old things that still have value if there was something that I was like wow that was straight up misinformation I think it's just totally harmful I, it's not good or something you know what I mean if it, if it was just straight up bad content I would go back and delete it but what I struggle with is like the the video that I was talking about with the ADHD thing 
99% of that is good information. I said one line where I was like, oh, it was the understimulation point that made me really think that I could be ADHD and autistic, which made it seem like I think that understimulation can't exist in any other diagnoses or whatever, you know? Which wasn't what I was trying to get at. I was trying to get across the concept of, like, me being super sensory seeking and, and, and hyperactive. You know, most of my actions, I feel, can be described by that hyperactive, understimulated feeling or whatever. But because I said that, and I was like, oh, delete it. Delete it. Even though there is a lot of value, like, that, that video is good. That video is good, and lots of people, um related to it and we're like yeah I feel you I get what you're I get when you're what you're putting down kind of thing it's it's difficult for me it's difficult for me you guys to like if I say one thing even even it gets to the point where I'm like oh man I went back and I totally forgot about this video and the way that I strung those words together is kind of awkward I immediately cringe so hard at myself and I want to delete that one and then that will send me on a spiral where I want to delete 10 more for I'll just come up with reasons to delete stuff and so for me this is exposure therapy for me but also for my audience I'm not I'm gonna fight that impulse okay (laughs) I can do it (laughs) It's really uncomfortable sometimes, but that's what I'm anxious about right right now. Is trying to just, gosh, I don't know what the answer is to that. Like, how do you get to a place where you're not spiraling and getting in those, like, loops, the doom loops where you're just like, well, see you later. Signing off the internet forever now, you know? That's an actual serious thing for me uh, anyway, um, I'll be fine. I'm fine. I think it's, it's, it's really good for me. This exposure therapy of just existing online and building this following, this amount, the sheer amount of following has been great exposure therapy for me. It honestly has helped me in so, so many ways with, like, confidence and self-image and all of that. So, I know it's good, but it's uncomfy, you know? It's in the name, exposure therapy. It doesn't sound like a very comfortable practice, does it? That's what I've been anxious about. Socially problematic. Um, I was listening. I was, I was, <laughs> I, I watched a few videos about the concept of the eavesdrop theory. Um, which I'll probably talk a little bit more about on TikTok, but essentially it's like, um, a lot of autistic people like to use the eavesdrop method, uh, in order to find friends and community and stuff like that. Sometimes when we are confronted one-on-one or like, you know, face-to-face with someone being like, hey, you seem cool, I want to be your friend, that's really scary (laughs) for us. Um, and we need more information than that. So, a common thing is, like, being in a group 
or whatever setting that, you know, it might be by yourself or in a group, whatever you feel most comfortable with, but having the ability to kind of eavesdrop on other people makes it a less risky thing where you're like, oh, I kind of, by, by, by proxy, but by proximity, um, happen to hear, overhear this other person who's interested in similar things or, you know, as ex- their experiences kind of line up with me or their interests or their morals or whatever it is. And then once you have gathered a little bit of information via the eavesdrop method, then you feel like you've, you've, got, you've gathered enough information to be like, I think we should be friends because X, Y, Z kind of thing. Which I think is cute. That's a really cute thing. I like that a lot. But, you know. Uh, I put it under socially problematic because some people who don't understand that concept or who are not in the autistic community, rightfully so, might feel uncomfortable about that sort of thing, you know? It's not, it's not necessarily what we're used to as far as, like, making friends or finding community, but that's (laughs) straight up in the diagnostic criteria for, like, what makes us autistic is it like it's difficult for us to make friends it's difficult for us to be in social situations it is difficult for us to keep friends and stuff like that because our methods are maybe a little non-tradish you know (laughs) so it's yeah it's it's uh going against the grain of social norms which I love, y'all know that I love that kind of thing. We're all about that. (laughs) All about feral, rebellious, autistic time over here. Revelation of the week. Uh, Okay, um, Liv at Glitterbones on TikTok said this. If you have a fear of being perceived, it's likely that you, you have been traumatized. And traumatized people are far more interesting and deserve a seat at the table more than anyone else. She said, uh, don't capitalize on it, but transform it. Transform your trauma. Your journals could be, the be- could be bestsellers and you don't even know it. You've survived impossible circumstances and that's given you invaluable absolutely unique characteristics and skills that that was that last part I said that um and also I put in my notes however realize um you don't have to capitalize it but however realize that you have powers that many many people do not and I just think that's great (laughs) I just think that that's really really nice I love the way that she put it um it's kind of blunt you know but I like the idea that traumatized people are more interesting (laughs) you know what I mean we've had we've had we've gone through the flames and come out the other end you know it's a difficult thing for me to like I when I was putting down these notes I was like I don't want to make it seem like it's a good thing that any of us went through this trauma because it's not Let's be clear about that. To be sure. <laughs> you know? However, we've, we've had to. Here we are. Here we are. We're on the other end of it. We've survived. We've survived impossible circumstances. And then, I think that it's fair and empowering and radical to be able to say, because I went through circumstances that most other people have not, I've gained certain powers and skills 
and absolutely unique characteristics that other people just don't have. However, it's these it's often us, those who have gone through this amount of trauma that are the most afraid of being seen. It's the whole fucking thing I was just saying about wanting to delete my entire TikTok because I've been through trauma. I'm so afraid of doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing or people being disappointed in me. The last fucking thing that I ever want to do is to d- disappoint y'all. To disappoint my audience would be the worst thing that I could possibly do. The worst thing. But what am I going to do? You know, I've let that control, that feeling and that thought and that impulse that was born out of trauma, I've let that control me for my entire life. I've been hiding my head in the sand all of these years. And it's led me nowhere. Literally in the opposite direction of happiness, you know? So it's so, it's, it's, I'm, I'm feeling a little emotional talking about this today because it's, I've really been feeling this lately that I have always felt for my entire life because of what I've been through that I do have some unique things to offer, that I am a unique person, that I have sometimes interesting or intelligent things to say or perspectives or insight or something like that that other people maybe just don't have or whatever and I've always just wanted to be open with that in some way with the people that I love and and and, you know publicly online I've wanted to share my story that trauma dump episode I could never express what just being able to say that put it down, you know, somewhere that it could live, uh, you know, for people to just go listen to it whenever they want. I can't ever say really in words what that means to me. Uh, I just really can't because it means so, so much to me to be able to express that unique experience and yeah, yeah, and just know that I am immeasurably more strong having gone through that. And I know that there are so many people that are listening that have been in other, you know, in traumatic experience circumstances as well. You've survived that. And some of you are like me and are like, I, I know that I am this person inside, but I'm so afraid of being criticized or doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, people not liking me, people saying that I'm cringe, a failing that I'd rather just play it safe, but but then the constant disappointment or lack of fulfillment that I feel inside is hurtful. It's so painful. It's palpable, you know? It's a difficult road. It's such a difficult toss-up between being choosing to be vulnerable whether you're online extremely online like I am or not just choosing to be like okay I'm gonna be open with the people I love I'm gonna be I'm gonna show those unique traits and skills and characteristics that I earned in a sad way from surviving the worst things that have ever happened to me I know that that stuff is in there Am I going to allow me to show those parts of myself to my loved ones, to my friends? You know what I mean? 
it's just uh, I can't I don't know if other people really feel this I just have to imagine that there's got to be others out there that feel that same way that they were like I feel like I could blossom if I just allowed myself to be watered you know what I'm saying whatever that looks like for you whatever medium of expression that looks like for you but it's so insanely difficult sometimes impossible and painful to get to the point where you're like okay I'm gonna there's so much stuff that I had to go through in the past and I can't ever go through that kind of stuff ever again and putting yourself out there like that showing that blossom to the world is is taking that kind of a chance and that's horrifying that's so horrifying but for me I was like I got to between a rock and a hard place so I was like if I don't open open up I don't have a better fucking metaphor than this stupid blossom metaphor but if I don't do that if I don't allow myself to blossom I really feel like nothing you know only dark it's only gonna be darkness for me from here on out and I can't accept that I truly cannot do that so here we are with the exposure therapy thing I can't go back to darkness so what do I gotta do deal deal with the fact that I'm imperfect allow people to see me during periods of growth and that's extremely fucking uncomfortable I don't like it right now (laughs) but I know that it's good for me you know I know that's good for me what's the next fucking point (laughs) you guys are so you're so special I know that sometimes I say shit like that and it's like I'm, I don't know, I wish I just was (laughs) more profound. My vocabulary is not good enough to be able to explain to you how, like, I really mean that shit when I say it. I know, I know that the people who connect with what I'm saying are so incredibly special. Just you even listening to this is like, it's so... It it means everything to me. And lots of you are like, not only am I listening to your dumbass, Trisha, every single week, I also actually relate to some of the stuff that you're saying. And so that means 2 plus 2 equals 4. You (laughs) are special. I mean, everyone is special in their own way. You know what I mean? But I, I really hear lots of stories from people who are like yeah like it's it's just so much more common than I ever knew that it was that people are like yep I grew up under traumatic circumstances as well yep I've been forced to mask my entire life yep I have been so deathly afraid of being perceived making a mistake you know and it's those fucking people It's those people who deserve, you guys deserve a seat at the fucking table. And I mean that with all of my heart. God, I need to move on to the next point before I cry. Okay. That's it. (laughs) That was it. Uh, Someone said that they like the affirmation, so we're going to do that today. Repeat after me. I'm rad. I'm fun and funny. I have so much value that I offer the people I love in my life. 
and to new friends. I have infinite potential. I'm worth investing in. I deserve to put myself on a motherfucking pedestal. I love myself. Be kind to yourself, weirdos. I love you. I love you so much. I'm gonna go weep! And I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye! <laughs>